Welcome to Hands on Health, the podcast all about living your healthiest life on the coast. I'm your host, Felicia Struvi. Today we're going to the source to learn about Clatsop County's COVID-19 vaccination efforts and all of the incredible people who are helping to end the pandemic. I'm joined in this episode by Chris Lehman. In addition to his normal duties at Columbia Memorial Hospital, Chris has been leading Clatsop County's COVID-19 vaccination efforts. I was able to catch him between vaccination clinics to bring you this update. Join me for episode 27 of Hands on Health as Chris Lehman gives us an inside look at the fight against COVID-19. Hi, Chris. Hey, Felicia. I'm glad to have you on today because COVID vaccinations are all most people are talking about today. When can I get signed up? Where can I get signed up? How can I get signed up? So um, you have been running this program for the county for a couple of months now. Yeah, in uh, in December of last year, when the vaccines first became available, uh, the hospital asked me to coordinate the program at Columbia Memorial, and we put together a team here at the hospital and, and got it going. And then in early January, I started working with the public health department and, and Providence Seaside Hospital on a joint task force to have a vaccination response for the whole county. And, and in mid Mid to late January, the the county commissioners and the city manager asked me to be the incident commander for that project. And so, yeah, for the last for the last three months or so, I've been helping to lead the effort. And that uh, those events that you've been running have certainly grown. I know when uh, you were doing hospital employees, it was a couple hundred in a day. What are you up to now? Yeah, it was uh, it was actually I think around eighty our very first day, and and we were we were excited to get those eighty people in and and get them their shots, and uh, now we've given over twenty one thousand shots in the county, and uh, the the biggest event so far is one thousand and fifty people. It took place uh, last week at the fairgrounds, but we've had many big events. We had the convention center a couple of weeks ago where we gave nearly a thousand doses and. We're also using the old Seaside High School in Seaside, and uh, we gave 950 doses there on Tuesday. We've been using uh, several different locations, but it's become a really streamlined process. Well, I've heard good things from people who've been through those large events. They're not there for more than a half hour-ish, so it sounds yeah. good. No, it's it's been really great, and I mean, th- there is huge kudos that goes out to all of the volunteers who make that possible. Um, we have over 300 volunteers who signed up through the county to to help us out with those events, and I would say there's about 200 who are regularly volunteering at the events and, and the call center at the uh, county health department, which has been tremendous because without all of those volunteers, we would not be able to make this possible. Well, maybe we should put a plug in. If somebody wants to volunteer, how do they raise their hand? Yeah, so on the County Health Department uh, webpage, so they can just Google Clatsop County Health Department, and uh, and I would add volunteer to the to the search in Google, and that will take them to uh, a webpage at the County Health Department where they can fill out some information to volunteer. And it's great that we're putting in that plug because as these months have gone on, it's harder and harder on the volunteers to be at all of these events. And so for things like vaccinators and uh, clinic monitors, uh, people to push wheelchairs for us, we, we can always use more volunteers. So if somebody's hearing this and is interested in volunteering, we would love to have you. 
from what I understand, the people who can administer vaccines have also, that group has been expanded to include veterinarians, pharmacists, nurses, who else? Yeah, so dentists and uh, emergency medical personnel, so people who are uh, operating like medics or part of local fire departments, medical assistants and certified nurses aides can also give vaccinations. So the state has really expanded uh, as long as we get them the proper training and can uh, verify that they're competent to uh, administer those vaccines, many, many people who may not have been able to give vaccines before can now give them. And then, of course, the rest of us who aren't somebody who can give a shot, we can help with lots of other things, paperwork and, like you said, pushing wheelchairs and I'm sure yeah. set up and clean up and... That, that's exactly right. So there's a, there are greeters who greet each patient at the door to make sure that they have appointments and that they have filled out all the necessary information. We've got screeners because we do still have to ask all those screening questions to make sure that they're eligible for the vaccine and that they're not sick. Um, and then check in people who uh, help to go through the appointment list and make sure that the people are checked in. Um, vaccine information folks who hand the patients vaccine information and, and ask if there are any questions uh, that the patients have. We have a concierge at all of our uh, events who helps take people around and make sure that they get to the right spot. And then, uh, yeah, even data entry. So after patients have gotten their vaccines, we have to report all those electronically to the state. And we have volunteers who are helping with that reporting at every event. Well, it sounds like you need an army to run these events. You really do. So so the events we've moved to now are seven hours in length, and it takes about 75 to 80 volunteers at each event to really make that go. Now, that said, we break it into increments, so you only have to be there for about four hours. Uh, uh, most of the volunteers are retired and aren't interested in working eight-hour shifts anymore, uh, so we've divided it up into two four-hour shifts. Volunteers show up about half an hour before things start, and then in the middle of the day, we have about a half an hour overlap where the People who are coming on are there while the people who are leaving are transitioning out. And then uh, the volunteers in general stay about half an hour after the clinic is wrapping up to make sure that we've got everything squared away. So it's, it's broken up into four hour increments for them and makes it a little easier for the volunteers. Mm -hmm. Now, you are also doing other types of vaccination events, not just these great big public ones, but you're going to some people to provide vaccines. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so there are a lot of homebound individuals in our community. And so we have worked with local uh, community-based organizations like Clats of Community Action and Conseo Hispano, Northwest Seniors and Disabilities Services, and several other groups to identify who those homebound individuals are in our uh, community and nurses from the health department as well as uh, Providence Seaside Hospital's home health uh, department are going out and uh, vaccinating those individuals right in their home so that they don't have to come to our events. We have also done a lot of work with the homeless population, uh, Clats of Community Action and uh, Helping Hands, I believe, have helped us with uh, identifying uh, individuals who want to be vaccinated. Um, instead of making the events vaccination events, we've kind of made them wellness events where uh, there's food available and some other things uh, just to help that, that group, uh, not just in the way of vaccines, but to make it 
make them more engaged in the process and coming. And then we have vaccines available. Um, the next event will be on uh, April 29th, uh, which is not today, but next Thursday. Uh, and that will be a partnership event with Clatsop Community Action. And then um, there have been others, but the main other group that we have reached out to is the cannery workers. So we have gone to three of the local canneries and administered vaccines on site at the canneries. And then uh, tomorrow, we're having a big event where workers from the canneries are either going to be transported via uh, transportation systems or bring themselves out to the fairgrounds uh, where several hundred uh, cannery workers and their uh, family members will be vaccinated uh, tomorrow at the fairgrounds. Well, and that's a group that in the past uh, here, we had a couple of large outbreaks among cannery workers and their families. So that's definitely a key group to include. Yeah, they are a, a high risk group. So we're very excited to get those guys vaccinated. Yeah, that's great. Well, so the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, one of the big selling points on that one was that it was a single dose vaccine. You only had to see that person once and to get them vaccinated fully. How is that affecting these efforts? That's a, a great point. We have been using the Johnson & Johnson vaccine in our outreach events uh, and in the homebound patients up to this point. So the uh, FDA's announcement this week or decision to pause the use of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine while they gather more data and sort of uh, get a better understanding for certain rare side effects that have been seen in patients who've received the Johnson & Johnson vaccine has had a big impact on us. For instance, the event that we have planned tomorrow with the canneries, we were planning on using the Johnson & Johnson vaccine for that event, but have had to make a, a change and are going to be using the Moderna vaccine for that event. Uh, so it is having a, a big effect on us because there's a lot of challenges with transportation and, and in certainly in the group of cannery workers right now, we've had a big influx into the community because it's shrimp season. Uh, so for the next couple of weeks, the canneries are extremely busy with shrimp. Once shrimp season ends, those workers are going to go to other parts of the state or country to where the work is. And we don't know if they'll be back in the county. So the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is a much better option, obviously, for those groups because if they go up to Washington or they go to California to, to follow the work, you know, finding Moderna vaccine or communicating to the health departments in those areas that they got Moderna vaccine, but it was in a different state, that creates a real challenge and a barrier for those individuals. So the, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is a much better option for them. And, and so hopefully over the next week, the FDA is able to review the data on uh, these very rare blood clots that they have seen in six people out of the six and a half million or so doses that have been administered and that FDA is able to provide some guidance. I think at this time, I really respect the FDA's decision for, for wanting to be abundantly cautious, but I hope that they will, you know, do their due diligence over the next week and hopefully make a decision next week that it is okay for us to continue to use the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and just provide us with some more guidelines and patient information so that we can make sure patients are educated uh, and understand that there are some very small risks uh, associated with what appear to be incredibly rare side effects, but patients do need to be able to have that information so that they can make an informed decision when they're deciding on which vaccine to get. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you got the vaccine sometime in the last few weeks, not cause for panic. 
sounds like. Yeah, it, exactly right. So I think we we do have uh, 200 doses of Johnson & Johnson vaccine that have been administered to people in Clatsop County. And uh, we have followed up that uh, if they have questions, they are free to contact the health department. Um, we are also going to have uh, members of the health department at the canneries tomorrow to answer any questions from passersby, et cetera. But it is definitely not not cause for alarm or, or panic from any of those 200 people who've gotten the shot. Great. Hey there, it's Felicia. Thanks for listening. I'd love to include your questions or comments in an upcoming episode. To leave me a message, please call 503-338-4654. If you've got a health question, I'll do my best to get you an expert answer. Again, that number is 503-338-4654. Now let's get back to our guest. Well, there's another big group, and I know you've got a couple kids at home. I've got kids at home. And uh, what is the prospect for getting our kids vaccinated? And that's a great question. And and we at the health department uh, are getting uh, tons of questions from uh, parents, especially parents of 16 and 17 year olds, because as you know, the governor has said that as of uh, Monday, the April 19th, 16 and 17 year olds are all eligible and can get vaccinated as soon as they are able to get an appointment. At least at this point, uh, the only vaccine that is approved for use in 16 and 17 year olds is the Pfizer vaccine. So what we have currently at the uh, Clatsop County Health Department is the Moderna vaccine. So the vaccine that we have is not approved in 16 and 17 year olds. And so at least in the near term, Uh, If parents of 16 and 17 year olds want to get their children vaccinated, they are going to have to make appointments in Portland. There are three or four big mass vaccination sites in Portland. I know that one is in in the convention center, but there's a couple others that are being run by big hospitals and they can go online. The state has a website and make appointments for their kids uh, and get them vaccinated at those locations. At this time, we anticipate having the Pfizer vaccine uh, in Clatsop County probably the beginning of May, and that is when we would start to be able to vaccinate uh, 16 and 17-year-olds here uh, in Clatsop County. So two or more weeks from when the kids are eligible, um, we might be able to do it locally. That is correct. Okay. And what about uh, what about younger kids? What I know that there's a whole process that these pharmaceutical companies have to go through to get their vaccine approved for each age group. But what about younger kids? How yeah, far so, out are we? So Pfizer right now is very close to receiving approval for kids as young as 12. So they have just shared with the FDA a couple of studies that have been done in 12-year-olds to 15-year-olds. And uh, from what I am hearing, probably mid to late May is when the approval is going to come in that group. There were no significant uh, adverse reactions in the kids that it was studied in. So it appears uh, very likely that the FDA is going to give that approval. And then once that happens, parents of you know kids as young as 12 will be able to make appointments for their kids and get them vaccinated. Again, that goes to availability of the vaccine. So we do anticipate that in early May, we will have the Pfizer vaccine available. 
there are several thousand kids from the age of 12 to the age of 17 in uh, Clatsop County. And so I don't know that immediately in May, we are just going to be able to open it up and vaccinate all of the kids because if things hold true, it's going to be about 65 to 70% of people who want to get vaccinated in that group. And so that would probably put us, you know, around 2000 or a little over 2000 kids who would need the vaccine. And I don't know how much Pfizer vaccine will be available, but we at the health department and also both hospitals, because I think uh, the pediatricians working at both hospitals are very interested in playing a role in vaccinating kids. And and that's also going to be a huge help to the county because those pediatricians are really the, the people who see those kids on a regular basis and will know them best. And if there are ways to get in touch with them and make appointments and get them uh, shots, that they're also going to be very adept at uh, answering any questions that the parents have about the vaccines and their kids. So the task force has been working with both CMH and Providence Seaside Hospital to make sure that we get the vaccines available through their clinics as soon as possible. So it sounds like there's a possibility that at least for our middle school and high school students that by the fall, the vaccine would be uh, available and, and administered to a fair number of our kids. So that's promising for school. Yeah, it's it's uh, definitely great news and something that I as a parent am very excited about. I, I will definitely be having both of my kids uh, get vaccinated as soon as uh, the Pfizer is approved in, in younger kids and uh Hopefully it will be through their local pediatrician's office, but if it is through some public health uh, type event, I'll I'll make sure that we're going down to the health department or wherever it needs to be to get them vaccinated. Yeah, well, my kids are actually in that younger group. So from what I've read, uh, Moderna's the vaccine that's testing in that below 12 age group. Those trials are going on right now. I haven't, the the Pfizer data, I could comment a little more on just because those studies have been released in the 12 to 15 year olds. So I've, I've been able to read a little bit about that. I know that both Pfizer and Moderna are looking at younger and younger kids. And the Pfizer vaccine, while the studies have not been released yet, will probably have some sort of approval for younger kids in the next couple of months as well. Okay. Well, that's good news. And I think we should probably clarify for listeners, too, that the amount of vaccine that you are receiving or that the county is receiving to administer is controlled by the state at this point, which is controlled by federal release of vaccine. So you don't have control about how many doses of Pfizer you get two weeks from now or any of that. Yeah, that that is uh, totally accurate. The state has really tried to be very equitable with the distribution of the vaccine. So early on, unfortunately, Clatsop County was not getting very many doses at all. But in that uh, spirit of equity, they have kept really close track on how each county is doing in terms of vaccination percentage. And so over the last month, Clatsop County has gotten a lot more doses of vaccine. And we went from above 30th place. So there's, uh, I think, about 39 counties in the state of Oregon. And we were in the bottom third in terms of vaccination percentage. Uh, As of yesterday, we're now the ninth place county in terms of vaccination rate. So I anticipate that we've been getting a lot of vaccines for the last few weeks. For the next few weeks, they're probably going to 
redistribute some of that to other counties to try to bring them up because they're trying to kind of keep a balance so that nobody is too far ahead in terms of vaccination rate. Does that does that make sense? That, that makes sense. Well, I, I also want to call out the fact that really early on, uh, I, I'm going to say like first week of January, Clatsop County was had the highest vaccination rate of the state, which speaks to how quickly our hospitals rolled out the vaccines to staff. Yeah, it was a really tremendous partnership between uh, Providence Seaside Hospital, Columbia Memorial, and the health department. From the moment the vaccines got here, both Columbia Memorial and Providence, within 24 hours of getting the, the vaccine in our freezers, we were giving it to people. Like we did not wait at all. And uh, because of that, you know, for the first couple of weeks, we were leading the state in terms of uh, yeah. first, first, first week, maybe. But then... Uh, Obviously, we weren't getting that much of the vaccine, so the rest of the state caught up with us pretty quickly. But the the task force has been uh, an amazing partnership. Coastal family, uh, the, like I said, the two hospitals and uh, and the health department, uh, as well as the community based organizations like Clatsop Community Action and Northwest Seniors with Disability Services and Conseo Hispano, like all of these groups have been working so well together to partner. Um, Sunset Empire Transportation District is another group that I really have to call out. Uh, Jeff Hazen and his team there have been providing individual transportation to the events completely free of charge uh, to anybody who has uh, transportation as a barrier. And so that that has been amazing. The team at the fairgrounds uh, and the school district in Seaside have both let us use those facilities with no charge, um, which has been amazing because it's really having those two locations uh, that have been what has allowed us to have events where we give you know, 900, 1,000 doses at a time, if we didn't have spaces like that, we would not be able to do it. So I think uh, a lot of thanks goes out to the teams from each of those organizations as well. Yeah. So what have you learned in this process? I think what I have taken most from it, uh, Felicia, is that we are so lucky to live in such an incredible county with so many wonderful people. Um, those 300 volunteers that I talked about that have made all of this possible, we have retired emergency department physicians all the way to you know veterinarians, to re retired housekeepers, to housekeepers who are currently working at hotels and other places who are volunteering and coming in and giving their own hours to help people in their community uh, and help pull us all through this pandemic. And I, I go home every night uh, after the clinics when I see community members, whether it be 100-year-olds who we've given the shots to or now 20-year-olds, thanking the volunteers and being so happy and so excited that they were able to come in and get the vaccination. And that's because of the really the good heart and spirit of the members of our community because this is all volunteer, right? We, we've put all of this together with volunteers and I, I just feel so incredibly lucky to be a part of the, the task force that's leading it and, and to, be, to live in such a great place that can do something like this with all these volunteers. That volunteerism is really what makes this area stand out. I know you've lived other places, came from large cities and I did as well. And that is from day one, what makes Clatsop County different from other places. It's yeah. not the beauty. It's not 
you know, the quaint towns, it's the people yeah. for sure. No, it's great. It is. It is. Well, Chris, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. I just to let our listeners know you are wearing at least three hats because you're doing you're the leading vaccinations for the county. You are the director of our cancer collaborative and you are also director over pharmacy here at Columbia Memorial Hospital. So you are a very busy person. Yeah, no, and and dad is dad is somewhere in there. Oh right, yeah, forgot. <laughs> no, but uh, but but thank you very much, Lisa. It's been it's been really an honor. And in closing, uh, I wanted to thank those volunteers, which is great. But I also want to let everybody in the community know that as of April nineteenth, everyone, regardless of you know category or age, etc., as long as they are uh, over. 16, they can get vaccinated in the state of Oregon. And so we have two ways that they can sign up to get vaccinated. Um, The first is calling the health department. The phone number for that, which you can share, I'm sure. I will do that. 503-325-8500. So 503-325-8500. If they call the health department, we will get them signed up to get a shot. Um, And the way things are working right now, it's become such an efficient process that I guarantee that within a week, if they call, we would get them a shot of the Moderna vaccine. Now that's folks 18 and older because the Moderna can't be given to 16 and 17 year olds. The second way to to register would be to just Google Clatsop County Health Department and COVID vaccinations. Uh, That'll take them to the Clatsop County Health Department vaccination page. There is a survey on there that they can fill out. And again, within about a week, you will get a link to sign up and pick a time for one of our two events per week that we're having. Um, So I would guarantee that as long as they're over the age of 18, we would be able to get them in and, and get them a shot. So anybody who's listening to this, Please tell your friends, please communicate that out to the to the general public. If there are people who are sitting at home waiting uh, until they're eligible, hey, Monday is the day when everybody is eligible. So we want to get the word out as much as possible to, to everybody so that we can make sure that we continue to fill up these events that we're having. Well, and just from my personal experience, there is such a feeling of relief when you've gotten both your both your doses of the vaccine and, you know, you're not out there going to parties or anything, but it's just, it's a feeling of, okay, we're getting through this. We're almost there. So. No, definitely. Do it. Do it. All right. Well, thank you so much. Oh gosh. It was a pleasure. It's always great talking to you, Felicia. Great to talk to you, Chris. This is Dr. Faith Kays at Columbia Memorial Hospital. I work at the primary care sending out in Warrington. And I think getting vaccinated is so important. People who live here in Oregon haven't really seen the full effects of it. We've been kind of protected on the coast. But I was working in Chicago when the first wave hit. And people who were just normal, not even the old or the sick were coming in, um, not being able to breathe, it spreads so fast and it is so devastating. So that's one reason is because I've seen the seriousness of it. The other reason is that my own son, who's 24 years old, totally healthy young man, vegetarian, bikes up and down mountains for fun, 
She got the coronavirus back in early March, before we even knew what it was, before there was any kind of testing. And since then, he has had trouble breathing, he has fatigue, weakness, swollen lymph nodes. We don't know if he's ever going to get better. This is a devastating disease. This is not just about you know, a flu that you're going to get over because some healthy people are not getting over it. And for me, if I knew that I was, had given it to someone, if I'd given it to a patient, a family member, a co-worker, I, I don't know that I could live with myself because I've seen it, what, what it does and what happens. So I was thrilled to get vaccinated. And my whole family was cheering because we saw what it did to my son. So everyone is, is really on board with that. So protect yourself, protect your family. There's some people are having concerns about the safety of the vaccine. And I, and I hear that from my coworkers. But like all things in medicine, you have to balance the benefits and the risks. If you read all the risks of a surgical procedure, no one would get surgery, but we do because the benefits of the surgery outweigh the risks. And that's how I feel about the vaccine, is that the benefits are so necessary right now that it is worth the, the small risk that the, the vaccine poses. So I hope that you'll take the message to heart and get yourself vaccinated to protect yourself and your loved ones and your patients. Thanks. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Felicia Struvi, and this has been an episode of Hands on Health, brought to you by Columbia Memorial Hospital in Astoria, Oregon. CMH is an independent, not-for-profit health system that provides comprehensive, person-centered care in Northwest Oregon.